So last two days we have been just reading a few passages from here and there in Savitri about love, love that is human, love that climbs from mud to reach to the sky, love that is found mm-hmm. in its peaks, human peaks, love as it should be, love as it has become, all the various shades of love. Savitri is a book of love. Shurbindo very beautifully describes it in one of the cantos towards the end. So what is that love that waits through time? This is how he at one place describes Savitri. There is a love which we do not yet understand. <coughs> we understand love when it is clothed in forms that are near and accessible to us. For instance, we understand when the divine gives us things as human beings, things that as human beings we ask. So when we get them, we understand, yes, this is love. But we do not understand when the divine takes away things which we cherish. There is a line in Savitri, heaven's wiser love rejects the mortal's prayer. We understand love that uh, that is manifest in acts of giving. In one place in synthesis, Shurbindo reveals something very, very deep and profound and very practical. And uh, it's only over a period of time one discovers a deep significance. He says that as the sadhak grows through this journey, he discovers that a benevolent hand has been carrying him through and protecting him and the beauty of it is he says and protecting him even from himself we are foolish beings who believe we are intelligent we are ignorant we believe we are very wise we challenge God we test his limits and we do all kinds of things which are like a contradiction on the journey And yet, the divine love carries us through all this. It is amazing. The more we come in contact with that love which which resides at the heart of creation, one is simply surprised, wonders, what a tremendous wisdom, patience, benevolence that has gone into this creation and carries us through the journey. It sometimes seems to yield to our fancies and caprices. It knows its way. It sometimes seems to deny all that we want and wish and cherish. Even then it knows its way. And despite all our pain and struggle and revolt and thanksgiving, unaffected by all this, it carries us through the great labor of evolution. The mother says, my child, this divine love human beings cannot understand. They can never understand. How much ever how much ever we may grow, we will never be able to understand the marvel and mystery of grace. In fact, she says that human beings often find it very cold and impersonal because it has set itself a task and 
and it labors to do it regardless of anything <clears throat> this divine love can in a moment of quickening of the evolutionary impetus even destroy things but for the sake of only one object in mind to help us grow out of the limited into the vast such is the love of kali we read yesterday the fourfold love of the mother we just had a little glimpse in the mother's personality the love of maheshwari which knows exactly what lines each one must follow so what she does is to each one she takes him or her through the series of experiences that the particular person needs that's why it's never good to compare notes on this journey no two person journey is alike no one can be an icon on the path it is only she because as maheshwari her love knows what is the real need of each one that knowledge she sees the vaster plan and she sees the smaller lines through which it is evolving and keeps drawing us and there we read those lines even her rejections are not punishments but postponement the divine mother never punishes she picks up a line drops another asks one to wait and how she organizes all these things for the million creatures that power this is the fourfold being we were reading yesterday sampadda was telling us yesterday about the fourfold king the four kings shobindo puts them as maheshwari mahakali mahalakshmi mahasaraswati then there is the love of mahakali she does not like to wait she is impatient intolerant it's a power of love which will not brook any obstacle so when she comes into the play she simply picks up and suddenly lifts us and when she lifts us we say ouch mother it hurts she says i don't care i am here to take you through and it will hurt you for a moment but when you are out when you breathe the fresh air the divine illimitable air then then perhaps you will feel a little grateful she breaks the limits shatters the obstacles the strange part about these obstacles is that we it's not that obstacles come in our way <laughs> we embrace them and we cling to them more than the obstacle clinging to us we cling to the obstacles sometimes we make them the goal that's why a safe rule in yoga often people ask what is this journey like and what is the way very simple flow like a river remember the goal where one has to reach the goal is the ocean remember the origin from which we come we come from the light from from gomukh and we have to reach the ocean that's all that is needed to be remembered so what happens when something comes in the way just river will find the way we just remember the goal and it will find the way how it will find the way it is to each one's nature that this impulse this urge to reach out to the ocean will lead us through the whatever if there is a block if there is an obstacle it will find the way so this is the simplest way but when mahakali comes she suddenly quickens the impetus she breaks shatters limits we are suddenly as if we were put on a fast track bullet train so it can be very unnerving some someone was telling me that in japan when people sit in a bullet train 
everybody is given a newspaper to read so it's not to read the newspaper but because the way the train moves if you try to look across and if you try to if you are not engaged with something else you it you can be really unnerved by the sheer speed of the train now i have not experienced it but i can understand what happens it happens in this yoga sometimes in this yoga we experience as if we have been we have led many lives not one life two life ten lives because yoga is to compress this evolution in a few years at the most few centuries what would have taken us 10000 years it is not possible unless mahakali's love intervenes sometimes mahakali's love intervenes in strange ways and we we have to just get it right otherwise you know we i am reminded of the story of tulsidas shurbindo says at one place in savitri a passing casual phrase can change your life so mahakali is not just about storm and fury and shattering and you know we are always having this image of mahakali it can come through one single phrase at one place he says she strikes the untimely slumberer and the loiterer with a sharp blow and pain if need be now what that sharp blow is it's not always like she stands with a sword and it can come in strange ways I'm reminded of the story of Tulsidas very attached to his wife extremely attached she was his center he was an emotional person so once she goes to her uh, you know parents place must have got fed up of this man's too much attachment because you know people don't realize when they are too attached they make the other person too dependent and the person doesn't like you know everybody likes a little freedom so even too much love love becomes a burden so she wants to go and she goes away and but he cannot you know stay away from her for long you know no age of mobiles internet and all that so one day he just cannot bear the separation so he wants to cross the ganges and meet her and the ganges is in spate he dares the flood and by the time he reaches it's late night no way to ring the doorbell father in law if he sees in this condition will think he has gone crazy so he knows where his wife's room is and holds a rope which is hanging or something he sees hanging and jumps into the through the window so this lady gets up and sees what is gone wrong with this man he is totally gone nuts he has caught hold it seems of a snake and jumped inside the house so she says you are a mad fellow if you loved the divine this way you would have found the divine now you see how mahakali stroke him she is it's mahakali who spoke through the mouth of this woman and it is said that that moment was the turning point in his life he had reached the peak of human love and he realized that's it now i must really give all this to the divine as the story goes legend goes that after that ratnavali really really repented and there are some poems she wrote one of them is that she is praying that uh, eat away all my body but keep my eyes intact because i still wait for him to come back maybe one day he'll come back but he turns entirely uh, of course there are many legends there legend that he's lost his son and so he he turns away but nevertheless in either of them we see that suddenly a, a experience came where limits were shattered everything was challenged things we cherished were taken away and that moment became 
a great turning point and when one looks back one wonders oh it was mother's grace so often when we look for mother's grace only in pleasant events mother says my child pleasure is a great snare you must distrust it always but pain helps us not that we should seek it but it helps us at least to once again turn back on the true purpose of life there is so many instances in history where a moment's pain sharp pain deep pain suddenly came as a reminder and that reminder changed us for good story of krishna's love we all are very happy about loving krishna and krishna loving us but what it means when krishna loves so krishna and narada are going through a village and suddenly narada is in mood of a discourse so he says lord i have heard so much about maya 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 you all these swamis keep talking about maya but i see them they are themselves caught up in maya they travel by nice jet planes when you know they like to have lot of maya in bank and with all that they still talk about maya they tell us that you are in maya get rid of this maya but give that maya to us so this is not you know i i don't somehow trust them you teach me about maya you are mayapati so krishna says what an untimely you know <laughs> this is mid noon you want me to give a lecture anyways i don't like to give lectures divine doesn't give lectures divine has another way he says you know narada i am sick and tired of giving lectures nobody ever listens <laughs> i gave i gave the gita nobody listens i gave the vedas people say it is too cryptic i gave the upanishads people read all kinds of commentaries and they will never listen to the direct <laughs> statement that i have given so i i am not in mood of giving lectures i come and write so many volumes of book people buy it and keep it in their self so i'll use my age old method my trick so what does he say he said narad do one thing i am very thirsty can you get me some water before i can you know give you a lecture <clears throat> so narad goes says all right very simple goes to the village well and there he sees a young lady pulling the bucket so he says lady can i have some water she looks at him he looks at her now mayapati is at work <laughs> she says sir i'll give you water but why don't you please come over to my cottage it's nearby have something to eat so narad says not a bad idea <laughs> looks good walks up there then he has food and water and she says why don't you rest for a while narad looks around yes good lord's grace i'm being looked after must be something very special about me so takes rest by then the father comes father sees young man nice you know bride bridegroom who has walked into my house so he puts the proposal now by now he is completely you know he says fine it's okay this also must be grace without my wanting anything everything is happening often we think that without our asking if everything is happening it must be mother's will so he says very good so you know they they get married and they have children and children start going to public schools and then suddenly one day very unexpected something happens narad is enjoying life by now he has grown rich children are studying and he every day says lord you are so kind so merciful 
एवरी डे ही लाइट्स अगरबत्ती फॉर फाइव मिनट्स ही सीम्स टू हियर समथिंग बट ही सेज आई डोंट नो वॉट समथिंग प्रॉब्ली लॉड इज सेंग एनी वेज ही लाइट्स अप अगरबत्ती डस अ मेडिटेशन सडनली वन डे दे इज अ ग्रेट ट्रेजिडी एंड ऑल दैमिली is vanishes in a fire big fire in the forest and everybody dies that night narad is most unhappy and uncomfortable and he is wondering what has happened why did the lord do this to me why did he betray me and as he is tossing and turning in the bed angry with krishna at his betrayal suddenly he hears a voice inside narad i am thirsty Narad, I am thirsty. You went to get some water for me. You wanted me to give a lecture on Maya. <laughs> I am thirsty. Oh! Suddenly the realization comes. This is another mood of love. This is another st- stroke of love. Shubhendu says in one of his aphorism, "Oh, misfortune, blessed art thou." for through thee i have seen the face of my beloved if thou lovest me strike if thou strikest me not then i would feel thou lovest me not what a power this is the worship of mahakali mahalakshmi's love is another she likes to harmonize create beauty see all this is shades of the one love we read yesterday Our kindly care was a sweet and temperate sun. So Mahalakshmi will love us and wait for us to throw the poison out. She will try to create sense of harmony and beauty amidst things. The same actions which we used to do without the least thought, we would speak words without the least consideration, harsh words, rough words, crude words. In fact, the mother says. my child when you speak words which are crude and vulgar then you actually commit spiritual suicide we don't even think twice before doing it and so mahalakshmi keeps putting little beauty 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 then after a while we begin to become aware oh my god how can i speak such words we don't even realize she is laboring inside and slowly the consciousness grows towards beauty and harmony in the in the beginning stages we love to quarrel if two people live together and don't quarrel they wonder you know if two people can live one week without quarreling after one week certainly one of them will go to the other person's room and ask are you alive <laughs> is everything okay there are even uh, you know in urdu there is a poem couplet like that and it says <laughs> <laughs> what what ways human beings have conceived this love sometimes even a perversity mother says you should always tell a beautiful story you should always believe life can be beautiful but here is the poet telling ranjishi sahi dil hi dukhane ke liye aa means come at least to come and fight with me so that i feel that you know <laughs> you love me why are you quiet why don't you talk <laughs> you want to fight fight but let me feel that you are alive that there is still love but here is the divine mother who loves so silently so quietly simply filling us with love beauty love beauty till finally our whole consciousness begins to get molded into that and then there is maha saraswati's love 
going into the least details, the least requirements of the children. The, the smallest things which are needed for our journey, she will gather and provide it to us, the great provider. She would work on the smallest details. Sometimes we will see an experience repeating itself again and again and again. And the sadhak wonders that what is happening in my life? It is Mahasaraswati who wants to make sure that the perfection is not short of anything. It becomes perfect perfection. Same problem we will have to solve 10 times. But the beauty is every time we see it with a different angle. Every time we have a little greater mastery. If you really observe closely the movement of sadhana, we will see this happening in our life. It's very, very practical. And through this detailed perfection, it is her love which is laboring with lot of patience. Infinite patience he works to create perfection within us. So this is the divine love laboring in the heart of creation. How did it all start? We read yesterday about the four kings. And it's very interesting when we read about these four kings, in the secret of the Vedas, we just now read their counterparts, Maheshwari, Mahakali, Mahalakshmi, Mahasaraswati. Now the four kings are so beautifully complementary to each other. They are complementary powers of the one. Varuna, the vast, unless there is vastness, Mitra, love and harmony cannot manifest. It cannot come in smallness. And unless there is love and harmony and vastness, then true delight cannot find room within us. And to reach that level of vastness, life must take the form of a battle. Now what is this battle? When we talk about the battle between darkness and light, it is the limited, the low, the small, the obscure that must be left behind the sacrifice for the greater, the higher, the vaster, the limitless. So this, all these four kings have to work in conjunction. So the Divine Mother says this story that when the mandate went for creation then these four kings appeared and they they wanted to go forth and these four first if you may use the word forms. So in each one the same will was working but for each one it was working in a certain way like four persons given a certain task. Each one has to do a certain task so that together something beautiful and harmonious can come. But as they set about their task, each one began to think, I am the one. I am the one. It's because of me. I am more important. And slowly that power got veiled. And each thought, thought is a way of saying that it is me who is the Lord, who is the King, who is the real creator. And as it got veiled, creation began to go further and further from that one harmonious will, that consciousness of unity started going behind and some kind of a very elementary sense of separateness began to come. There is, There can never be any true separateness because it's the same will which is laboring in all. And she says when that happened, then the rest was obvious. It fell eventually into an utter opposite of what it was. So the being of light became being of darkness, love became hatred. Life became death, consciousness became unconsciousness, bliss became its opposite suffering. Thus far, the story was okay. But when suddenly they realized that they have become just their opposite, so suddenly a call, a cry went forth, an SOS, 
an SMS, short messaging, Lord help. And she says, when that cry came up, then the Divine Mother called hurriedly a conference. Let's rescue creation out of this mess in which it is. So none of the gods are really willing to enter again because, you know, they have seen what has happened. And it's very difficult job to, already the first effort has been like this. Now second effort to rescue it out of out of its darkness is a difficult one. But they say that we will be willing to go. Agni, Agni says, okay, we will go. I'll be the leader and we will go. But I, uh, we will go if we see that beautiful light shining in your heart, the most intense diamond light. If you can give a little bit of that, we will enter into this darkness. We are willing to go. So Mother Aditi pours that light out of her heart. And that light is the birth of love. It is the mother's heart pouring itself into the darkness. Carrying this light, they go down into the darkness to rescue creation out of that mess. And as they begin to rescue... Every element contains now all these gods and every element contains a little of this diamond light sparking, sparkling like at the center which gives the strength for it to come out. It's the light of the mother. It's the love of the mother, heart of the mother which has gone into creation. And as it pulls out, now a very interesting thing happens. Those elements which had turned into the opposite, as they are coming out, they look back and say, Hey, this was not all that bad. This darkness was a very cozy corner after all. Why did we call the divine? You know, sometimes when we say we want to go to Pondicherry, we want to take up yoga and all. Mother says, my child, be careful what you are saying. In fact, one place he says, don't do this mistake of telling divine, I am completely yours. He will take it seriously. After that, you say, uh, why are you taking this away? Why you are doing this to me? Didn't you say, baby cat, baby cat? <laughs> I thought baby cat was easy. <laughs> exactly. So I am taking you where I want to. You can't dictate your terms anymore because now you are the baby cat. So I'll carry you. And she says then, the whole world cannot keep you apart. Because you have pledged yourself. That pledge yesterday Vivekji was asking. <laughs> This is a pledge. We have pledged ourselves to the divine. Sounds very good. Wow. Pledge to the divine. Next minute. Okay, fine. Thrown into the furnace. Mother, I want to be your instrument. So divine love says, Oh, you want to be my instrument? You want to be like Sudarshan Chakra? Yes, mother. How beautiful to be in the hands of Krishna all the time. Oh, good. Okay. Pick up raw metal thrown into the furnace. Mother, what are you doing? I want to be your instrument. That's what I am making you. Mother, I want to be Krishna's flute. How nice to be always with his lips. There are songs like that, no? That Aapka basuri hoti, kitna acha hota, aapke hoto se laga rehti. Bahut acha. She says, alright. Bamboo, first come out of your grove. Chopped off. Sir, my family also wants to be the flute. Nothing doing. <laughs> Ask them. Are they ready? So this little bamboo piece is asking them, why don't you come? No, no, no. You go. You are a madcap. <laughs> you have aspired for some weird thing, becoming Krishna's flute and all that. 
we are happy in this family every day we have our family dinner every day we have our own breeze rustling pastas we love to have the snakes crawling near us you are an idiot going to become krishna's flute you go suffer so this little bamboo shoot goes abhi kya hone wala hai krishna doesn't straight away take him take it and put it to its lips it starts cutting piercing holes shaping and all this is very painful but what is that pain it is love if you really look at its heart so as creation is being pulled out there are two elements and this is there in all of us all of us have a part in us which is being rescued out of the darkness but turning towards it wanting it clinging to it often feeling sorry at the loss as if something very precious is being lost so when people talk about renunciation and sacrifice it's all nonsense there is no real renunciation and sacrifice in going to the divine it's like saying i am renouncing a lump of clay for a piece of gold or you know for a piece of diamond it's hardly you know so much halabala about renunciation he left his lucrative career he left so much money so what he left a heap of cow dung for the sake of cow milk what is so special about renouncing all this if there is a renunciation it is only the divine when he renounces his divinity and enters into this creation to rescue it out and that is the love we will read a little bit today <clears throat> that is the love of the master for the disciple that is the love of the divine embodied when he enters into creation becomes human like us that is the love of the avatar that is the love of the divine for his creation we read it symbolically yesterday where symbolically means in a subjective sense that how the divine mother lowers her stature to our heights she becomes confined to our own image of her for a long time she carries us through it but a time comes when she says how long are you playing with going to play with these bonds of thought my images now i must give you the true stuff you have played with the idol now i'll give you the true stuff real thing and that is the time that the real yoga begins <clears throat> and she sacrifices herself and the response of creation i'll just read a few lines from here and there the sacrifice of the divine mother pouring this heart of love into the darkness book 2 canto 1 page 99 our life is a holocaust of the supreme the great world mother by her sacrifice has made her soul the body of our state accepting sorrow and unconsciousness divinity's lapse from its own splendors wove the many patterned ground of all we are this is beautifully conjured in the story of sati the story of sati is the story of the divine mother sacrifice she is the consort of shiva and she goes we know the whole story so cut it short she wants to go for daksh prajapati's yagna yagna is daksh prajapati is one of the formatures so it's a yagna of creation and she is invited but shiva is not Now, any creation which does not have the divine at its back is bound to collapse so shiva cautions her that look you are going you want to give your power to this creation but it will not survive but anyway she goes and after all daughter 
So when she goes, there is an insult to Shiva, and finally she throws herself in the fire, and Sati dies. Now you know this is very interesting. Sati, the consort of Shiva, truth embodied, she becomes its opposite. She becomes dead, as if dead, unconscious, and then we have the grief of Shiva carrying Sati all through the corners, and Sati being cut into different parts by Vishnu to resolve that grief. and she falls on different parts of the different corners of india and each part becomes a shakti sthal now it's very interesting that if you see there are 54 parts of shakti multiply them becomes the magic figure 108 so this is all together these constitute a unity this is a very interesting symbol and how our ancient seers created the sense of unity in a nation it was not by geographical boundaries it was by a deep unity of consciousness that all this belongs to the world mother it is her estate what is that sati's eyes her estate what is there sati's elbow her estate what is there sati's ear her estate so this whole nation that we call as india belongs to the world mother this belongs to the divine mother and each part must recover its lost unity so this uh, this is a very beautiful story with many layers of meaning in it but one of them is this the holocaust of the divine mother for the sake of creation this same thing is repeated again and again every time the divine takes an avatar every time the divine assumes a human form in fact every day when the sun rises and the rays of the sun reach out to us actually it is a reminder of this holocaust that how that light sacrifices itself how that ray enters into the mud and clay and lights up common shapes into the marvel of the earth and that is the part of the divine sacrifice but there is a part from our side and that is also described here this is in book 1 canto 1 <coughs> then the divine afflatus spent with dew unwanted fading from the mortal's range a sacred yearning lingered in its trees the worship of a presence and a power too perfect to be held by deathbound hearts the prescience of a marvelous birth to come so we want not that divine we want something very close to us so we we end up worshiping a presence and a power which is fine and we can start playing with that presence and power it comes actually to rescue us out of that darkness to pull us out of that ignorance no divine avatar has ever given this kind of an assurance that whatever you ask from me everything will be given to you it has always come to remind us that look we are caught up in a state of ignorance and unconsciousness and i am going to lead you to consciousness and light and freedom and immortality but we reduce it to an worshiping idol she had brought with her into her human form the calm delight that weds one soul to all the key to the flaming doors of ecstasy 
earth's grain that needs the sap of pleasure and tears rejected the undying rapture's boon so she comes that look all of you are my children let's come together and she reminds us we are all on a common mission what is the common mission to rescue creation out of unconsciousness and darkness so in the beginning very fine she brings that calm delight that wets one soul to all but very soon the children start fighting between themselves you are mother's child are you sure i am mother's child actually you know you are doing sadhana i am doing sadhana i am closer to her you are closer to her and in front of the mother on her breast the children begin to fight pulling each other what would be her state can we ever imagine how much anguished and sorrow if you know the divine can feel that sorrow she would feel to see her children torn in a bitter struggle it's documented in mother's prayers and meditation that she goes to the highest heights and as she comes down she sees that as the consciousness came down the energies became turbulent and turbulent and we saw that our children were locked in a somber and bitter struggle she describes this experience this we are all children of the one mother but we fight even sometimes people sometimes people ask this question should i marry somebody who is following the same spiritual path otherwise i am likely to go stray not realizing it has nothing to do with these things two people may be on the same path it's very good but they may end up fighting what is that called dagger and tongs <laughs> it's in human nature it's ego it's all this it has nothing to do with the path we don't even know about the path simply by externally alleging ourselves to the path we don't follow the path the path opens when we really aspire to get out of ignorance in the state of unconsciousness otherwise life is full of bitterness and struggle when shrubindu was asked sir why is in the ashram smiling and uh, love and affection are they discouraged and are they banned in the ashram because in the early days dilip kumar roy you know flamboyant person with very expansive personality so all the sadhaks are you know grim they hardly smile at each other so he got a little flustered that what is this why they should be always full of joy so shirvindo says love affection friendship are in their nature psychic they are not banned they are they are and they are to be there but we have seen from our experience that in human nature they become so much subject to the ego that they end up turning into their opposites that is why we want them to be founded on a surer and firmer basis it is not that there should be no love affection and friendship but if we really want them to last then it should be on a sure foundation they should be on a psychic foundation they should be on a spiritual foundation otherwise one ends up again into the same mess so what happens she comes and gives this to man and man's response is offered to the daughter of infinity her passion flower of love and doom she gave in vain now seemed the splendid sacrifice what would be that experience of that love that gives itself to creation and what we do with that love we cannot imagine i mean in our recent history we just have the life of mother and shirobindo who have come to give themselves to hoping her greater being to implant so that heaven may grow native of human soil this is what she wanted this is what she wants but what human beings make out of it 
and what they do, what we do. And that is the other side of the story. Hard is it to persuade earth nature's change. This is the real labor of love. Mortality bears ill the eternal's touch. It fears the pure divine intolerance of that assault of ether and of fire. It murmurs at its sorrowless happiness, almost with hate repels the light it brings. Divine assumes a human form, comes close to us. And we say, Dekha, Dekha, I told you, no, there is no divine. It's only human. He comes to temper the light to suit our limitation. See, where is that supramental light? We don't see it. It is nothing but another dim light. Where is that body glowing with the light? When mother was asked, Mother, why didn't you come like, why did you come like us? Why didn't you come as you are? She says, my child, would you be able to bear it? If I came as I am, you people want me to have thousand arms and to be doing thousand things at the same time, then you will believe that I am divine. You do not see that how much I have to hide and cover myself just to be among you all. We cannot imagine what would be that condition if she came in that effulgence. We would run away because it's so so strong, that light, that power, that glory. And that was yesterday we were reading about the story of Sita where she gives herself to fire. Then only there is a chance for Ravana either to accept, surrender and convert or to be dissolved. If Sita remained like her Vidyamai Roop, Ravana cannot come near her. So to help us come near, she assumes a human form for the human play. Inflicting on the heights the abysm's law, it sallies with its mire heaven's messengers. It turns against the saviour hands of grace. It meets the sons of God with death and pain. He comes to give us immortal life. We keep throwing death, darkness, unconsciousness and the divine accepts this burden, bears it. And that is the amazing thing. When Shobindo left his, withdrew from the physical scene, I would not say left his body. All kinds of reactions. Some sadhaks were very dismayed. One person wrote a pamphlet in which he wrote, Shobindo was crippled before his death. The mother, like a Mahakali, she says, he was conscious right up to the end. He even got up, asked for water. He embraced Champaklal. She says, you living here can write like this? And then she says, "Very." she wrote a message. It is the lack of receptivity of men. Initially, she said in the ashram, because of whom Sri had to left, leave his body for reasons so sublime that you cannot understand. Then people said, Mahakali, Mother, please, you write like this, what will happen to us? Then she changed it to say, lack of receptivity of earth and humanity. These are words worth contemplating for a lifetime. I often feel, you know, we all carry this dream of perfection upon earth. All of us creep, why this happened, why that happened, why humanity is like this, why don't we change? But what step do we take to really change? What is our response to that love of the divine? We are very happy celebrating the supramental anniversary, darshan days and everything. But 
how do we respond to this cry for change to this call for change by remaining entrenched in our egos by strengthening the bars of ignorance by continuing to move in the endless circle and cycle of desire and we just put the mother on a platform and worship her that is easy because that doesn't ask for anything more so we have these lines it meets the sons of god with death and pain a glory of lightnings traversing the earth scene their sun thoughts fading darkened by ignorant minds their work betrayed their good to evil turned the cross their payment for the crown they gave only they leave behind a splendid name this was asked to mother mother every time the divine has come and he has been turned into all kinds of things christ was crucified and on his grave they erected christianity krishna was betrayed by his own family members they fought and destroyed themselves but there is krishna dhun everywhere so when she was asked she said my child this time this will not happen because it is a super mind that has come it will not allow people will try to once again reduce it diminish it but this will not happen this time so let's hope that if fire has come and touched men's hearts and gone if you have caught flame and risen to greater life too unlike the world she came to help and save her greatness weighed upon its ignorant breast and from its deep chasms welled a dire return a portion of its sorrow struggle fall to live with grief to confront death on her road the mortal's lot became the immortal share how beautifully she has replied to this question that people keep asking that shurbindu was divine then why did he die how absurd how how would he otherwise work on the realm of death unless one goes into the darkest pit of the inconscient how would one transform that and when one emerges out of that do we have the eyes to see that golden change we don't have the eyes it was not death but a journey into the darkest pit and when the emergence takes place it's a transformed being we do not see shurbindo writes that in one of his poems pilgrim of the night so we take yatra tirth yatra to the light so if divine comes he takes a pilgrimage to the night it says i made an assignation with the night in the abyss was fixed our rendezvous carrying in my breast god's deathless light i came her dark and dangerous heart to is coming to the night to shake hands with it night is going further and further because if it shakes hand it knows the trick that the moment light shakes hands with night it will vanish so it goes further light chases it deeper and deeper so those who are standing in the shore cannot see what has happened light has gone inside but where has it gone it enters into that black hole it looks as if the black hole is swallowed it it is trapped inside but one day it explodes or implodes and everything changes now we do not see that change because quite naturally we are living in a very small zone of consciousness and yet she continues to fight our battle for us 
so we just read from here and there something of this sacrifice of love this is again page 448 this is the love of the divine sacrificing itself in matter hard is the world redeemer's heavy task the world itself becomes his adversary his enemies are the beings he came to save those he would save are his antagonists this world is in love with its own ignorance its darkness turns away from the savior light it gives the cross in payment for the crown one place yurbindo says in one of his letters yes yes everybody wants the super mind but nobody is willing to pay the price everybody wants supramental has come wow we will be new beings one day we will suddenly see a luminous face we will wake up in the morning and our face will be luminous suddenly we may see that our hairs have grown golden or green or blue god knows what suddenly we will see that you know all our problems have vanished suddenly we will see that my child for whom i was struggling to go to a public school suddenly gets a admission there wow the new creation has come he doesn't happen like that we cannot it just not possible there is a law of the way there is a journey there is a path otherwise there would be no path at least we have to open and give ourselves this we have to do this is our part of the job and yet and that is the beauty she fights our battle for us even when we are asleep she does not sleep there is a beautiful poem of shurbindo to r on her birthday where she he says rejoice and fear not for the waves that sweep for the storms that thunder always the captain holds the rudder well he does not sleep so she keeps a sleepless vigil over us even when we are completely in the thick of the darkness and night she keeps a vigil over us and this is the significance of the entire episode of savitri's fight with death this is exactly the truth that takes place behind our scene we do not realize but as we go through the journey of yoga it's an experience of i'm sure everybody who has walked the path there are passages of the night what are called as the dark passages of the soul and as one goes through it one as if suddenly one is unconscious about what is happening but she is there one who is conscious within the unconscious nityo nityanam chetanas chetananam eko bahu nam yo vidhati kaman tamatmastham yenu pashyanti dhira stesham sukham sashvati netaresham she is awake she does not sleep so she carries us through that she is okay my child you are going through this night it has come over you i'll bring back the dawn again she fights our battle within we do not even see we often wonder what should be grateful to the divine for simply that the divine exists that is itself a big thing imagine life if divine was not there and she fights our battle and then we emerge then we thank ourselves see after all i came out of this darkness what a great sadhak i am so she says okay okay don't worry there is another one around the corner <laughs> till we have learned the lesson of humility 
that look it is not we it is not by our own effort it is by lending ourselves surrendering ourselves to her allowing her to carry us through faith through openness through receptivity that she carries us and we have this again this spirit of sacrifice when savitri is offered that you have done enough come back you know when i read this passage it reminds me in 1956 after the supramental descent there is a prayer of the mother she says whatever you had asked i have done it it's to this effect whatever lord you had asked i have done it i have come in supermind is descended now is there a purpose for me to continue to stay then she says very touchingly if this body is still useful to those who are around me i can continue to stay she says but give me a sign a sure indication that i must continue now look at the divine mother's sacrifice she could have after 56 packed the bags and gone super mind was already there but look at her love she knew what's going to happen when somebody told her mother you know this is what is happening in bengal and uh, we need help she says my child what to do i have given the charge to super mind it is going to hammer it is truth consciousness it is not going to you know your falsehood and all it will not accept but mother you are the mother yes yes but they have to ask for that because now the charge is with the super mind it is not going to spare but she knew that it is going to be a very very difficult journey so she bore that entire thing on herself all the attacks of falsehood all the attacks of death darkness and consciousness it kept on taking on herself and that is her pida she goes through that the super mind hammering the body and she says i don't want anybody to do this process very very painful she was trying to compress the process in a few years time even with the supramental advent it would have taken time so this passage reminds me of that somehow when savitri is offered the great boon that okay you have slain death death is gone and the being appears that you have accomplished this task now with satyavan you come and rest in that immortal felicity over a period of time transformation will take place don't worry about it just come with all the satyavans who are gathered around you come up savitri gives this reply and this is love if there ever is the highest expression of love manifestation of love this is love if there is really any renunciation ever worth speaking about this is renunciation and she would not speak about it she says oh besetter of man's soul with life and death and the world's pleasure and pain and day and night tempting his heart with the far lure of heaven testing his strength with the close touch of hell i climb not to thy everlasting day even as i have shunned thy eternal night she has slain death she says i have shunned it like a robe i have flung it aside but now you want me to climb to your everlasting day if i do that it will take very long for the evolution to take place then we understand the great significance when mother says after shurbindo's so called passing o lord thou hast promised that thou will stay amongst us 
not only as a consciousness that guides and illumines, but as a dynamic presence that moves. The whole of you has consented to be in this earth atmosphere till thy work of transformation is accomplished. This is sacrifice. Easily they could have, okay, work is done, super mind is descended. Now whatever it will take, thousand years, two thousand years, but it is over. So she says, I climb not to thy everlasting day. Earth is the chosen place of mightiest souls. Earth is the heroic spirit's battlefield. The forge where the archmason shapes his works. Thy servitudes on earth are greater, king, than all the glorious liberties of heaven. And then she says something very interesting. The heavens were once to me my natural home. So what are you luring me with? You want me to go to supermind and rest there till humanity arrives? I have come from there. Shubhinda says at one of his letters, I have no need of supermind or Sachidananda or anything else. If I am doing it, I am doing it for the sake of earth. And I know the hour is now. This is the sacrifice. I to have wandered in star jewel grove, paced sun gold pastures and moon silver swords. I to have reveled in the fields of light. I have beat swift harmonies of rapture vast, danced in spontaneous measures of the soul, the great and easy dances of the gods. Then she says, A heavier tread is mine, a mightier touch. There, where the gods and demons battle in night or wrestle on the borders of the sun, taught by the sweetness and the pain of life, to bear the uneven strenuous beat that throbs against the edge of some divinest hope, to dare the impossible with these pangs of search, in me the spirit of immortal love stretches its arms out to embrace mankind. He says, I have come to battle with the night. I am not here to find the easy path to get into moksha and take a few souls into moksha. Too far thy heavens for me from suffering men. Imperfect is the joy not shared by all. Oh, to spread forth, oh, to encircle and seize more hearts till love in us has filled thy world. This is the work she has taken. In 1962, when mother went through something which they said she has a heart attack. She says they don't know. It is the change of transformation of the heart that takes place. And she says it's a um, experience of 13th April 1962. She says, I experienced what is called as the yoga of the world. And she experienced herself as becoming, she discovers herself the heart of the universe and she becomes Pulsation of love. She says constantly pulsations were going and filling this whole universe. Pulsations of love. Pulsations of love. Pressing this, compelling this creation to change. Compelling this creation to change. Of all the powers, love is the greatest power to change. And even at a human level, it is true. Try to force somebody to change, the person will resist. Try to convince someone to change, the person will say, I know better. But give love. One thinks it will spoil? No. Over a period of time, if this love is really true, 
it bears fruit it bears result because everybody has a soul after a while one begins to feel oh i am so fortunate so much love is there what am i doing out of it it's the greatest power even at a human level it works at the divine level this is the only task so when she is asked for these boons she asked this for men <clears throat> so he says okay you ask what do you want for men you don't want anything for yourself ask for men we have heard of sadhanas being done by great beings for their own change but here is she she is doing the sadhana for the earth for the earth's change i'll just read the bones and not what is in between thy peace o lord a boon within to keep amid the roar and ruin of wild time for the magnificent soul of man on earth thy calm o lord that bears thy hands of joy thy oneness lord in many approaching hearts my sweet infinity of thy numberless souls thy energy lord to seize on women and man to take all things and creatures in their grief and gather them into a mother's arms thy embrace which rends the living knot of pain thy joy o lord in which all creatures breathe thy magic flowing waters of deep love thy sweetness give to me for earth and men so this is the saga of love the epic of love what should be our response how should we respond to this love we have seen one extreme of response where we resist where we change it by darkened minds where we give the cross in payment for the crown every time the divine being comes earth does not respond the way it should but here is a possibility and this possibility can be accomplished here and now and we have a golden chance it's a great privilege to be at the feet of mother and shubindo to have heard their call to have been called to this great yagna it's a great great privilege but we have to do something from our side and that something is captured in savitri satyavan is gone through death and unconsciousness like all of us she has fought our battle and she brings us out and when satyavan emerges he is asked by now dimat sena has come everybody has come and they say what is this change that we see in you first they say child you took a little longer to come back home today so satyavan simply smiles then they look at savitri they look at her face is radiant this man looks as if he has seen the eyes of god so they ask him what has happened to you is everything okay he has gone through heart attack he has gone through death but satyavan replies with smiling lips because the soul has discovered he remembers that he did only one great act what was the great act when satyavan is dying you know that book canto 8 book 8 canto 3 it's amazing the last moments of satyavan 
during the last moment when he is dying you know these are passages which can pass casually that you know naturally he is calling to savitri he suddenly says oh savitri come my heart is aching it seems it's tearing away with pain come come near me savitri is there already waiting thank god satyavan did not look for the cell phone said call 911 <laughs> he doesn't say that he simply says savitri come savitri comes she puts her head on her lap puts his head on her lap and gathers him in her arms now imagine what would be the condition if the divine mother protects a being i'm reminded of a story when i think it was srinivas ayengar his wife when she suddenly started seeing death beings come near her and her husband tells her when she is saying i see these beings of death near me he says tell them to go away tell them that you belong to mother and you don't go to death we don't go to death we go to mother and she recovered completely so even when we physically seem to pass we do not belong to death we should not have faith in death that fellow is jobless as far as we are concerned <laughs> let him do his job elsewhere we belong to her with this faith we should live even when we leave our mortal sheath we don't we are not carried by death for year for one year in lemken mother was laboring in the occult worlds to create a passage through the vital world and for whom she you know this is just one of her tasks which she has done by the way <laughs> nothing to do with super mind she says you know i would notice that when people die they would go through a very stormy passage in the vital so i thought let me with my occult knowledge build a passage so that those who have even a little faith can pass through it with minimum pain with with you know they are carried through it what a work she, and she talks about it so casually to one of the disciples that this is nothing and for us even that is not necessary so if ever we see these beings of death who go about their business they have a big organization big empire mother talks about it that it is a very perfect organization every day they are told this many you have to bring they go knocking from door to door if you say i don't then it goes to somebody else they are like that actually they are looking for whatever he is ready so they have to report back to their ceo they have to show in their you know because they have to create the balance of this universe no so they have their own way of whatever finding out and so we have to tell them look we uh, admire your wonderful work no we should not talk too much otherwise they start getting you <laughs> <laughs> should say all right fine good job but please this not not your place we have to go to her her beings will come her angels will come the phoenix bird will come carry us in the wings so we have to go with that mother will come we don't go with you we are not interested you are doing a good job please continue doing belong to the world of ignorance so satyavan tells this secret he reveals lay all on her she is the cause of all <clears throat> behold at noon leaving this home of clay now he remembers little bit that leaving this home of clay i wandered in far off eternities yet still a captive in her golden hands i tread your little hillock called green earth and in the moments of your transient sun live glad 
among the busy works of men so she says that you know this is a great secret even at the moment of death to be able to remember it's only possible if we have remembered the divine through the life and then we are carried through this journey this is the love that waits for us if this is she of whom the world has heard wonder no more at any happy change each easy miracle of felicity of her transmuting heart the alchemy is so then they all ask her what magic have you done tell us what is this power that you have brought with you which has changed which has conquered death now you see this is very interesting what is that tapasya of mother and shurbindo people often ask what have they done for us meaning thereby did they open some schools where you know poor children can study free of cost well <laughs> there is actually a school where children study free of cost but that's beside the point that's not the issue have they given some distributed some blankets and food to the needy when you know they were tsunami victims no they have not done this have they distributed money among the poor and the needy no they have not done this and what have they done they have rescued us from our mortal poverty what they have given us man cannot even imagine that tapasya is unimaginable what was that power so savitri says with this this book is summarized the summary of this book and that's why i keep saying always savitri is not just a veda it is something more than the veda when veda vyas has done all his works great works and everything he is still anguished something is missing so narada comes by chance and you know is consults he says you know you have not manifested bhakti manifest bhakti then only your heart will find peace so it says one of the stories that's how he composes the bhagavat so same we find with shurbindo he has written great works wonderful works but something he wanted to manifest which was like the ultimate truth ultimate realization ultimate embodiment of the tapasya ultimate prasad gift to earth boon and that gift that boon is savitri he gives that what is savitri it's an embodiment of the mother's love story of the mother's love for creation of mother's love for all of us and that is how savitri responds when she is asked what have you done what power have you brought we didn't imagine that you are such a great one she says awakened to the meaning of my heart that to feel love and oneness is to live and this the magic of our golden change is all the truth i know or seek o sage you ask me what have i done i have done nothing i just simply loved only thing is the love that i brought was very different and that love is in everyone i just embodied it that perfect love and i simply poured this love whatever has change has taken place is only a natural consequence we'll close with these four magical lines awakened to the meaning of my heart that to feel love and oneness is to live and this the magic of our golden change is all the truth i know or seek o sage
we have a session of question answers combined anyways, but we can have some quick questions. You mentioned that difference between the Moksha and uh, Arvindo's supramental change. What, what is that difference? What are both these things? The Moksha is an escape from the law of earth nature. It's like I change the zone. There is a zone where there is, if I enter, there will be storm and gale and everything. There is another zone where things are beautiful and light. Like, let's take the example on earth, gravitation works, pollution is there, everything. If we enter into space, there is no such things. So, moksha is like leaving this earth atmosphere and going into space. So, it's very, very nice because I escape certain laws which are there on earth. Whereas transformation is change of the very laws of earth nature. So all the power of space I draw back to earth to change the way the earth is organized. Internet revolution is <laughs> not supramental change, but I am taking a material analogy. That one is that I can escape from the earth nature. I cannot change it, but I can escape from it. This option is given to me. Now when I escape, obviously it will be an individual escape in the sense that even if 100,000 escape it will still earth nature will remain what it is so individually I can find release individually I can find bliss individually I can find freedom individually I can experience vastness but earth nature remains what it is so there are many who will either strive and fail or continue to struggle and suffer but Shurvindavinda mother felt that that is not the solution at all because if this is going to happen endlessly, there will be many, many always who will continue to suffer with this earth nature. So what they did is that all that possibility that is there in that higher consciousness, they brought down to earth. Now over a period of time because of this new consciousness, the very earth nature will change. Now let's give an example what may happen in the process. This question is always wondered and I am sure it may be a valid question to many. It used to be a question to me. Why do we have to do sadhana to realize the divine? When we say divine is everywhere, in everything, why do we have to make an effort to find him? It should not be like that. The one reality which is the only reality yet we have to do this tapasya. That is because at this point of time such is earth nature. But we don't have to do any tapasya to breathe. We don't have to do any tapasya to think in the human way. We don't have to do tapasya to feel in the human way. But talk about feeling divinely. Talk about having beautiful thoughts. Everybody write books on positive thoughts. But ask them, okay, very good. We must think positive. But how am I to do it? There will be 100 techniques given. But it doesn't work out. Because you know we are tied to a certain nature. Even to meditate is so difficult. To go within. Now that's because... At this point, given the dress of our nature, when the soul enters into it, we have to struggle through this. It's like bushes in which we are trapped, a bird caught in the bushes. Now, one option that the rishis found, the, not the rishis, well, I mean, certain yogis found that, you know, the bird can escape from the bush. A million trapped there. But Shubhinda says, okay, I am going to change this bush into a beautiful flower garden. So not only the bird would not want to escape from the bush, she would enjoy, she is getting all the honey and the delight. So a time should come and will come when children will be so conscious 
that from their birth they would feel the sense of the divinity in things and we have some wonderful examples here i mean yesterday i was amazed to hear where is that little chubby boy arjun and you know it was amazing how these children at this age 13 are having such thoughts sometimes i wonder that how how they are thinking like this we could not think like this at 13 we were thinking about just playing having fun at 17 we were thinking about career at 21 22 we were thinking about further in the career at 28 maybe marriage at 35 having a child at 40 sending that child to school at 50 graduation at 60 uh, maybe we should talk about god <laughs> this was the average course i mean leaving aside here are children at 13 they are saying we should not hurt others we should have compassion you know what it means to and this is not one so many places i have seen and i have been amazed and that gives me hope that this supermind is pressing upon earth and slowly a time would come when a child would from birth be conscious of the divine imagine what it would mean i mean this has been my aspiration i can share it freely mother i don't mind coming thousand times on earth but from the moment i am born maybe from the womb make me completely conscious of you <laughs> it doesn't matter what family where then i don't care from the moment i come out i should see you know you hear you every fully conscious then there is no problem then where will be the problem at all because you are constantly conscious of the divine you don't have to do any sadhana or tapasya to find the divine but the divine becomes a natural way to live there would be no strife no quarrel we don't have to work upon our ego struggle with it that is what is meant by a change of the very law of earth nature it doesn't mean that everybody will immediately rise to that but out of humanity a nucleus will arise which will live this law under the pressure of this higher kind of well super humanity or whatever term we use it doesn't matter or divine humanity there would be many who would begin to get influenced and even ordinary humanity will be uplifted and have a higher law of living because you know that pressure that atmosphere right now because there is quarrel in every house every room so you know it contaminates and spreads like a poison now the more we have nucleus of such people who are breathing the divine air the love and quite naturally it will have an effect under the pressure of this higher kind of humanity the lower kind will be uplifted so this is how the whole chain will work evolutionary change the training there is no training even at ashram mm. so there is no formal training no. on the basis of uh, what to do yes uh, should not they be like in yoga another in the ashram you go they teach you how to mm. meditate mm. how to breathe yes. what to concentrate on absolutely concentrate. all these things yeah. are being taught but in a window ashram or it's not because it doesn't exist no no you are right absolutely and, right uh, so how is see yeah long learn about exactly so long back savitri even if you read ordinary man No, I I completely agree with you. See, long back, Shurabindo writes in one of his passages, and this comes several places. He says that there are techniques and methods like pranayam, breathing, japa, meditation. He says at the end, people say how many japa they did, how much breathing they did, and then he says these are all human methods. He says our method is adhyatmi yoga. 
This is what is the Dhyana Yoga. He says, surrender yourself to the divine Shakti with faith. Now, actually, if we really see, he wanted to make yoga easy for us, because you know, while it is true that we learn the method, but it's so Second difficult. Nature, it should be your it should become. He wanted to, absolutely. So he wanted to make yoga as easy as is possible. And the change he envisaged was the most difficult one. So the, the, if you look at Shurabindu's own life, on one side he wants the yoga to become as easy as possible, as natural as possible. On the other hand, he is wanting a goal which is, you know, the most difficult that earth has ever asked. So eventually he could bring down on earth embodied that power which can do it for us. Basically, he saw that man left to himself cannot do it. He can say, there, I mean, there are people who learn meditation, for instance. How many, in any, any, uh, any place we go, how many can really practice these things with sincerity? If we really take a simple thing like pranayam, if we have to really do justice to it, hours and hours one has to do it. Meditation, three hours meditation out of which, you know, two hours, 45 minutes we sleep. <laughs> This effect, it's a fact of you know, I mean, reality. And 15, you know, there is a story about it that you know, t- two women used to go for meditation. Well, two men, I'm sorry, so you know, used to go, or a man and a woman doesn't matter. And you know, this uh, person would be very surprised to see the other person the moment went and you know, closed the eyes and was out absolutely. So, I was very impressed that look, I'm like an idiot coming every day and listening to all these lectures, and here is this uh, lady and immediately goes into the trance. One day the cat was out of the bag. That you know the whole lecture was over but she wouldn't come out of a trance. She waited for 10 minutes. Then after a while she gently nudged. No response. Little bit more. After a while she came out and said, what happened? She said, lecture is over. I am sorry to bring you back from the trance. She said, what trance? I sleep off every day. It's such a nice... I don't get good sleep. Now, you know, unfortunately, it is the difficulty of human nature. So they wanted to make it easy. So what Shurabindu said, there are processes. What is the process? Open to the mother. Now, it becomes so easy, sometimes difficult to even believe it's possible. Even he had Lele and some people to because he was the pathfinder. It's like, you know, if I have to make a path through a virgin territory, let's say if I have to make a road, highway, through a jungle, now I will have to follow a very different path. I have to get help, I have to take the axe, maybe, you know, bulldozer, do the whole thing, lay the cement, everything. But what is the path for those who are coming? If they have to again do the process of the axe and the bulldozer, then it's no big deal. So what we have to do is walk through the path. So what he did was, he had to do all these things because till now, that was the law of spiritual evolution. He did pranayam, he did japa, he did intense tapasya. I mean a kind of tapasya which is unimaginable. And that's what we see in when Ashwapati is face to face with the Divine Mother, she is wonderful. No, uh, oh for, um, she says that you have what thou hast won is thine, but ask no more. Man cannot bear the infinite's weight. Truth born too soon might break the imperfect earth. So it says, don't ask for that the whole path should be. You have blazed through this territory. Don't ask the path to be made. Then Ashupati says, that is Shurabindo, how long you want the human spirit to battle with the night? That love of Shurabindo comes manifest in those lines. And then he says, you come and make the path. You make it easy for us. And then the Divine Mother comes to make it easy. So now, he has done that path. We cannot follow that path. If we really try to follow three days silencing the mind, I mean, 
probably three lives but what we cannot do it with our own efforts that's what should be say the great secret of sadhana is this to allow the divine mother to do what we cannot do by our own efforts and, and how does one surrender if you don't know yes somebody in, yes surrender it, it has to be automatic and and, and very natural yes yes you only surrender if you know something yes and and you are impressed by something yes and if you come in contact with something absolutely that, that is yes so that is possible yes. for even the sadhak there to surrender a mother has passed away and, mm. and yes both of them have passed yes away. so is there anybody in in, in ashram you will see that uh, i know that sometimes you might be taking lecture or something but uh, how do you feel that uh, yes so uh, i i mean absolutely so that is why all these books the atmosphere of the ashram such congregation one day suddenly a little door opens and we discover that she has not passed away but she is living and very much within us now this has to come as a flash of revelation one in millions probably i uh, may not be maybe that's not Uh, that's a little off the way statistics maybe one in thousands possible but tomorrow one in thousands will change into one in thousand i'll give a simple example forget about mother and shivindo can anyone say here that krishna is dead say it with conviction <laughs> so krishna 5000 years back if he is not dead what about mother and shivindo can anyone say one person with conviction krishna is dead and gone let me see our hearts will revolt against even the thought of it that's that is a different thing see that is that's that's a different thing that's a different thing altogether the mind can you know define krishna say it exist or not exist but the moment the heart would have to say krishna is dead and gone because the maharata mahabharata has shown him the great vyasa has written that by the arrow of jara he is you know he died body had died you know that's it that's it you have answered it you have answered it so what we have seen is the physical body of mother and shurubindo whether they shed it whatever happened but the mother and shurubindo as consciousness as beings they continue to exist now yes to our physical eyes we do not see at this point of time but a day comes when we begin to see escape from these little bounds by their own grace and just as today in our hearts we can see and feel krishna as a reality so also to some of us we see and experience shurbindo the mother as a reality i mean i have not seen the mother or shurbindo and i am i'm sure many of us here have not seen mother and shurbindo the other, other thing here is like we are, we are also part of that uh, mm. Yeah so that's what my question is also that why are we looking for that why should it be like that yeah. and that was shurbindo's question also so at this point we have to look for it because precisely because 
though we are part of that ansha yet we are caught in a it's like we are trapped in a big dress which is completely clouds our vision we are part of that but we are wearing a robe which is very dull robe whereas the difference between embodied krishna is us is that krishna is wearing a very transparent robe so how to change this dull robe into a transparent robe so that we can feel something of that consciousness naturally within us it does not mean we are same as krishna that would be a different question but i am not entering into it we are small portions of krishna his anshas meant to express something of his infinity the second part god particle is a different thing see scientists have a very smart way of finishing things because they have named it god particle doesn't mean we have to believe it's god particle it's a particle of god not god particle everything in this creation is a particle of god but there is difference from god particle it is a particle of god like atom is a particle of god everywhere everything is present they say higgs boson particle is present everywhere well atom is present everywhere what's the big deal love is present everywhere everything is present everywhere so just because a thing is present everywhere doesn't make it god well it is the basis of material creation that doesn't mean is the basis of all creation there are creations beyond matter and if the scientist doesn't see it it's just too bad scientists cannot see love but love exists scientist doesn't know freedom but freedom exists it's a great ideal so there are many things which the scientist is blind to and let him remain blind fine let him play with words and talk about god particle and we should have a laugh at it because um, it just happens that he likes to poke you know <laughs> ah we have discovered god what is it just a little particle okay good for you god is a particle so god also says okay i'll become a little particle for you but ask the devotee have you seen god yes i have also seen god what have you seen everything is a particle of, of god oh you have seen him as the vastness and immensity yes so you become vast and immense so if i see him as small i become small if i see him as vast i become vast yes child you were asking something शॉर्ट पाथ और द लॉन्ग पाथ अरे बिट ऑफ बोथ या शॉर्ट पाथ इज लव डिवोशन सरेंडर सर्विस टू द डिवाइन अर्थ फॉर प्रोग्रेस ग्रेटिट्यूड एंथुजियाज चीयरफुलनेस शॉर्ट वन वेन वी लव एंड सरेंडर वेन वी लव द डिवाइन वेन वी वॉन्ट टू सर्व द डिवाइन when we have the urge to progress that's what aspiration is at the bottom when we are full of gratitude why simply because the divine exists then we are taking the path to the psychic now the big question will be how to bring these things that's why there are satsangs that's why there are books that's why there are places that's why there are special moments the idea is that you know shri ramakrishna gave a very nice example of burning a log of woods so what happens initially one one wood catches fire which is dry others are wet but if you allow initially the wet log will give smoke but after a while it will dry and catch fire so sometimes it's difficult to catch that fire 
Actually, it's a good take the similar question, you know, in a certain sense, but in a much more profound sense you are asking. So we must go to places where there is fire. We must meet people where there is fire. We must read books where there is fire. Then what will happen if the logs of wood inside are wet body and whatever is there in the body, initially it will begin to dry. And after a while, suddenly the fire will be caught up. And when the fire is lit, Agni is lit, then surrender, love, urge for progress, gratitude, it all becomes natural and simple. Because they are simply gods which manifest within us. So basic thing is to open to her and in that whatever helps, reading a book, reciting a mantra, japa, urge for progress, service to the divine is a very, very powerful medium. And that unfortunately sometimes very difficult to get when you are, you know, in a place like this. It's much easier to do it in an ashram context or, you know, where there is a center we can work. But that becomes a little difficult. But whatever work we are doing, we can change it into a service. We can do it for the sake of the mother. And that's very beautiful. It will already, I mean, as I see at your age, if you are asking this question itself is wonderful. So, you know, and most important, have patience. And Patience also implies perseverance and endurance. You know, if one is very impatient that, you know, these things should happen in a day, month, it doesn't work out like that. It's a slow process. So if you look back, you will see whatever I was one year back, it's a little better. So that's how it goes on. After two years down the line, if one follows the path, one is little better. So because the Agni is that, you know, awakens inside in a fundamental way, begins to spread in different parts of nature. And so each part begins to undergo the change. It goes through its difficulty, ups and downs and eventually changes. So that is how this whole process proceeds. And that I am talking not only now of psychic uh, discovery, but a psychicization, spreading of the psychic influence into matter, into mind and life. All right. Yeah. Okay, so we have anyways uh, some questions uh, at the end. So we'll do it then. Okay. When we talk about this death, mm. with my death, I know that there will be subtle body and all these bodies mm. are there. With destruction of all those bodies and, and this complete destruction of it, would that not be the same thing as the Krishna or any, anybody else? At that point, now is it you would experience at the end of all these destructions of these different bodies, you will experience yourself a little flame within the boundless Krishna. It won't be that one will become Krishna. There cannot be two Krishnas. Ah, part of it, yes. Conscious experience that one is part and parcel of Krishna. The same experience we can have while being in the body and then we escape the law of death. Mind, mind is the medium right now. See, the, the experience. Yeah, bad but medium. Mind, mind will be gone. Mind will be gone, the vital, the body will be gone, the basis. I am talking of the normal process and then one is totally naked of all these things and then one experiences that, oh, I am not this person X, Y, Z, but I am a part and por portion of Krishna. That boundless immensity, oh, spirit wide, boundless, that we will, you know, experience. Is that emotional or is that the... In normal course, no. In, it is simply going into the psychic plane in the lap of the world soul. We will be brought back because we have left our task undone. 
so it is a temporary respite given to us a glimpse you have struggled suffered so much in matters night come i'll tell you who you really are because we have forgotten it's like krishna telling us i am still thirsty so we go give a little glass of water to krishna he gives us nice ruha of the sarvat and then he says now go back go back there is a work to do we enter again we forget this goes on this goes on till as a first step we realize while being here in this body i have that i am none else but a part and portion of krishna so much so that if somebody wakes us up at night and says who are you huh? child of mother no second thought that i am doctor this that name this one gone that should become our identity all else is our well for the sake of work instrumental personality after we have realized it then there is moksha of one kind we are not bound to enter because we have already discovered that reality while being in the body so after that realization if we want we can escape we are given that choice you have already discovered in the body there is nothing much to learn but then we can say no i want to do something else krishna what are you busy doing on this earth so you say my child i want to transform this earth oh wonderful can i be part of your work oh sure come on join hands now we are conscious of being part and portion of the divine mother that is what the psychic realization is in its essence we are full of her love of her peace of her bliss even when momentarily the mind and the its movements cloud us it cannot be for long because that thing we are conscious of as a true identity so time to time it again burst forth blaze forth and in the process change that covering which tries to cover us and this will go on till we ultimately the whole of krishna's work upon earth is done which is the work of transform it is krishna's work transformation is his work shubhendra said in a letter that it is krishna's work we are doing here and where is uh, asri arbindo and mother today or in our hearts if you like in each atom of creation if we have the vision to see the regions you just described hmm. different regions in the earth in the earth in the earth atmosphere that's a very good question they are close to us in the earth atmosphere and they will not leave it till this work is done that means they are close in our contact so they are watching over all the world events and they are shaping it so that this whole thing can uh, faster and swifter turn towards that great realization could we say krishna they are yeah we want to stay around here to mm. other people are yeah yeah that's what they will wait till everybody changes that is their sacrifice for us who is everybody no i could ask turn that question and ask who is everybody there is only one body and he is the busy body ha when shrivindo says that is krishna's work which krishna is the one or krishna the supreme two ways of looking at one kabir das has said something very beautiful ek ram dasharath ka beta ek ram hai jagat pasara ek ram ghat ghat ka vasi ek ram to sabse nyara the same thing could be applied to krishna there is a krishna whom we know who played the flute in brindavan which we don't know whether it existed on earth or in some other plane there is a krishna who gave the geeta on the battlefield of kurukshetra revealing himself in his majestic form on that great war field to arjuna his disciple this is krishna who showed himself to his bhaktas countless to meera to radha to ramanuj to chaitanya to many 
there is a krishna who sits in the heart of creation all are his all he loves all he moves all are his all are he shrivinda speaks of that is krishna there is a krishna towards whom the entire creation climbs step by step tire by tire and yet it can only catch a fragment of his smile and not his whole being all these krishna are ultimately one we cannot ever see his utter eternity his utter immensity so something of his glimpse we get here and there for some kurukshetra krishna is good for some the krishna of vrindavan is wonderful for some krishna the world personality is infinite personality is fine for some krishna is purushottama for some he is all these and all these summarized in the persona of shurbindo so all these are various ways of uh, depending on our readiness he reveals himself to us nobody can know krishna except if he reveals us by his own grace see this is the secret of these things so jane hi jin ram janahi for some rama is simply dasrath ka beta for some he is the universal consciousness spread all around jagat pasara for some he is the immanent divine ghat ghat ka vasi for some he is the transcendent godhead who assumed a human form sabse nyara so all these are one they are not two